in podcast land. You have set your dial once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, your first, best, and only all-encompassing combat sports show. We've got episode 46 on tap. If you can believe it, I can. We're here, and it's going. So uh, let's go ahead and get our schedule together for you guys. Easy. We got one thing and one thing only ready to talk about today. That's the amazing card. It was UFC 254 last night from Fight Island. We're going to have that breakdown. We're going to have our picks for next week's UFC Las Vegas 12. Twitter voice questions. Dre is drop of the night. It's all happening. It's all here. It's all now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. So, as we love to say here at CSW, let's get our swim trunks and floppies on and go ahead and dive right in our prelim in uh, inaugural prelim fight last night was joel alvarez versus alexander y- yakovlev i think i got that okay um this was an early uh takedown for yakovlev and then joel started hunting subs switched to an arm bar <laughs> got the arm bar very quickly in a round one great job for joel he needs if he wants to stay at 155 dude he's got to make weight i think he was three or four pounds over so joel alvarez rep in spain uh got the big win over alexander yesterday first round sub via arm bar moving into the 105 pound division we had uh melinda maverick who had lots of hype coming in off of her invicta career versus liana Jojua or Jojua. Uh, this one was fun. Melanda Maverick was throwing a lot of the one twos, low kicks early. She had a big elbow that opened up, um, opened up Liana's nose. So after the first round, when the doctor took a look at it, he he'd seen enough from that nose being filleted wide open. Uh, there was uh, just a sidebar, real quick. There was some interesting questions I saw on Twitter about like if there was a dude, would they have let it continue? <clears throat> Maybe. You know what I mean? Maybe. And I hope not. I hope that, you know, I hope those days are behind us with the people treating the female fighters differently from the male. I, I hope they are. I'm not sure um, if they would let it continue. Like, let's say if it was, you know, Cowboy Cerrone or somebody, but it was a pretty gnarly cut. I posted a picture that Dana White put up later about how bad it was. And yeah, pretty, pretty gnarly cut. So big win for Melinda Maverick. Uh, 125 pound division. Maybe she could make some to look forward to seeing what's next for her. Uh, moving into the 205 pound division, we had uh, Dai, Dai Yoon Jung versus Smiling Sam Alvey, the forever long vet. This one was a fun fight, dude. Um, I, the, the judges gave it a split draw. So one gave it to Jung, the other gave it to Alvey. One had it a draw. Uh, to me, I thought Sam Alvey won the first two rounds, and then in the third round, it was a 10-9 for Jung. So I would have given it to Sam Alvey. However, that's not how they just saw it. It was a fun fight. Lots of nice punches and, and exchanges. Those inside elbows for fucking Jung were really cracking Alvey and hurting him, especially in the third. That was a fun fight. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, great job by both guys. Neither one of them slipped too much, considering it was a draw. But again, I would have given it to Sam uh, if I'd have had my druthers on the matter. Uh, moving into Cowboy Oliveira. Versus Shavkat Rakhamov. Uh, this one was a coming out party for for Shavkat, dude. He fucking Cowboy Oliveira. What they, they said at eighteen UFC fights. Great dude. He's a tough son of a bitch. And uh, Shavkat just got the first round submission like it was nothing. Beautiful guillotine. Excellent work from him. And he was even like a very humble, cool guy coming out of Kazakhstan. I really. He's got great size for the division at 170. So, yeah, look forward to seeing what's next for him, dude. Uh, moving into probably one of my favorite fights, if not my favorite fight from last night. Uh, we had a 140-pound catchweight between Casey Kenny and Nathaniel Wood. 
Do you want to talk about a high pace? Holy shit, dude. These two guys were nonstop. Punch, 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 kick, slip, move out of the way, punch, kick, punch, kick, kick, punch. It was like a fucking, it was like somebody mashing the controllers on playing a UFC video game, dude. They kept the pace so high. It was, it was awesome. Neither one of them really, really hurt the other one. Like there was no drops or anything, but it, it was a beautiful back and forth swing of things. I thought like the, the overall narrative was Casey Kenny was hitting harder nathaniel wood was landing more so it kind of came down to which one do you put more stock into is the guy who's landing more or the guy who's landing harder the judges saw for casey kenny i actually would have given it to nathaniel wood but i have no problem with it going to casey kenny it was such a good fight i loved it great job i definitely i don't i think it's bullshit that one of them gave it 30 27 to casey kenny because nathaniel wood at least went around but this is here or there it was a great performance by both guys Really look forward to seeing them again. I wouldn't even mind them running it back, to be honest with you. That was so goddamn fun, man. Uh, moving into the 265 part of the heavyweights, my boys, that stands. The heavyweights, bro. Stephen Scott Shepard Struve. Hi, Bam Bam Tuivasa. One-way fucking traffic, bro. <laughs> Stephen Struve trying to keep the distance. Bam Bam did a great job kind of taking note from uh, mentor Mark Hunt and really crashing him up against the cage, trying to close the distance, as of course, because he was a foot shorter. Uh, gets him up against the cage uh, for the second or third time of the of the round. Hit him with a beautiful uppercut, which just crumpled Stephen Struve. I mean, it looked like he had had the on button turned off, right? He went completely limp and fell to the ground. Referee stopped it. Tui Vasa jumped on the side of the cage. And when he was doing it, he uh Stephen Struve was sitting there and his heel came over to kick Stephen Struve like gently. It was an accident, lightly tapped with that. And Stephen Struve dropped to the ground. It was fucking ridiculous. Um, I love Stephen Struve. I love his story. I love how he came back from all of his health issues and was able to resume his career. But we got a question in the uh, Rhino Gang question section of the show, which I'll explain what I think should happen next for old Stefan Struve. So big win for Ty. Bam, bam. To Ivasa gets back in the win column. Shuey's all around over there on Fight Island, I'm sure. I saw some videos, but very, very cool. Good win for him. Shout out to Australia on that one. All right. So that was our that was our prelim, our featured prelim. So now we go into the uh, main card. We had the oft- Put aside, cancel, postpone. Magomed Ankalaya versus Ian Kutalaba. Um, the first round was going, and then a fucking right hook, left hook combo from Magomed dropped Ion. He went down. He was covering up, and then a little bit of GMP got through for Ankalaev, put Ion to sleep. Beautiful first round uh, stoppage for Magomed Ankalaev. Again, I've been picking this guy every single time. I'm glad we finally got to see it and get it over with so we can all move on uh, with, the, with seeing what's next for these guys at 205. Uh, then moving into the 125-pound ladies' division, we had Lauren Murphy versus Lila Shakarova. Um, this one was pretty – I mean, I don't know. The first round was just kind of eh. And then the second round, a beautiful takedown for, for Lauren. Uh, Murphy gets the rear naked choke with about 90 seconds left to go in the second. Big win for Lauren Murphy. Lila is – or Lilia, Lilia, whatever. Uh, she's not ranked, so – it's not nearly the kind of win that it would have been against Calvillo. However, she stayed active. She got a good win. We got a question about her in the uh, question Q&A as well. So we'll get on to that a little bit more later. And then, whoa, Phil Hawes, man, came in against Jacob uh, Malhoun. And holy shit, 18 seconds in, dude, just a gnarly flurry. It was beautiful. It was powerful. It was amazing. I was so jazzed up from it. 
Phil Haas, man, showing he is somebody to be reckoned with in the middleweight division coming forward. I really, really like this guy. Very, very cool. Uh, I can't believe he didn't get a bonus. I read that he did not get a bonus, dude. How do you not get a bonus for that? <laughs> that was amazing. He fucking shredded him. It was great. Uh, great work for Phil Haas. Poor Jacob, man. You just got to go back to the drawing board and see what's next for you, buddy. Uh, and then and then uh, back into the heavyweight division, we had Alexander Volkov versus Walt Harris. Now, again, I talked about this on last show. I'm sure several of you have already talked about it, uh, both both on MMA Twitter and just amongst yourself. We all feel for Walt Harris. Um, we love the guy. What a great guy. What a horrible tragedy his family had to endure. But we got to talk about this fight. So I picked Alexander to win, but I was kind of hoping that Walt will pull it off. Um, they both hurt each other in the first round. Uh, in the second round, it, I mean, towards the end of the second, towards the end of the first, excuse me, Volkov really hurt Walt. Early in the second, Volkov throws a beautiful straight kick, hit him right in the solar plexus. Walt had no choice but to kind of crumble back, go into the cage. Volkov finished up with some more shots against the cage. Referee had to stop the fight. Second round TKO for Alexander Drago Volkov in this one. God love you, Walt Harris, man. I hope you get another shot. I, I, I hope they give you uh, a fight that you win next time, man. Uh, really do. Volkov, great win for him. He'll he'll move up even further in the heavyweight division. So great fight for him. Great win for him. All righty, moving into our co-main event, Robert Whitaker versus Jared Cannonier. This one was interesting. I, I would say there was a good ebb and flow in the first round. I got I gave it to Cannoneer. He landed a little bit harder. He rocked Robert, you know, put him on the ground. And then it was all Robert Whitaker from there, dude. The the picks, the the work that he was able to do, the way to avoid uh, how hard Cannoneer throws, great head movement. There was that beautiful jab to a high kick, which dropped Cannoneer later in the fight. <laughs> Rob had a good takedown, had some back control. Again, this was clearly to me, this was two rounds to one, Robert Whitaker in this one. So what's next for Robert? Izzy, most likely, right? Oh, that's a tall fucking task to get into. But we'll talk about that a little more later. But big win for Robert Whitaker. I still think Jared Cannonier is a top-tier middleweight, and I don't think he'll be out of that top uh, or that title contention for very long. I think we could see him back in there after a couple more fights. So uh, great job. It was a great fight for both guys. It was really entertaining. Loved it. I know everyone did, too. It was fucking very cool. So, um, all righty. Now we're going to get into the main event from last night. So, D. Reigns, why don't we give Dre a call while we can co-break down last night's incredible main event. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now we have our girl feature player, Drea, in the house, ready to talk about the main event from last night at UFC 254. We had Habib the Eagle, Nurmagomedov versus Justin Gaethje in, what we have to say, probably the biggest lightweight fight in, in several years, if not more, as far as title implications go. Um, you know, I'm sure people will, you know, bring up Connor as being a bigger fight, but this one was more, I don't know, this one felt bigger to me as far as the, making the division move forward. Uh, we all knew about this, the backstory with Habib and his father passing away. So this one just felt bigger to me. It felt like it had more value to it, if nothing else. So uh, last night, more emotion behind it for sure. Hundred percent. You're absolutely right yeah. on that. So so basically, um I'll let you, you know, I'll, I'll let you start out. What did you think about the first round with Habib and Justin? Well, a whole lot of pressure. Um I don't know how Justin even the amount of pressure that Habib was coming at him with was just insane. And to me, Justin was answering everything. I mean everything that came at him, he was 
um, he was reacting and countering with everything and along with those um, low uh, leg kicks. Um, to me, it was close, but I gave Justin the first round just because of all of his counters. Um, to me, it was a great first round um, for the both of them. But if it would have continued to go that way, Justin would have gassed. You could just tell by in the corner he was huffing and puffing right after the first round. But um, great first round, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, Justin Gaethje's leg kicks were absolutely the the key to the first round for him. But you're right. Habib just storms forward like a goddamn predator. That pressure, just, like how do you not stop? Exactly. There was mm-hmm. a beautiful right at one point where Justin really hit Habib hard on the chin and kind of stunned him for a second, but that right. didn't even but that didn't even back him off for long. You know what I mean? No, everything like that yeah, everything that you would think a normal person would get hit with it, you know, it might you know stun him or something, but he just kept coming like a like a zombie. <laughs> <You should. laughs> it was kind of crazy, but yeah. Um, you know, he was hitting him with some good shots and even DC, you know, um, commentating was saying, you know, you got to hit him with something that's going to, um, uh, respect to, you know, to show some respect, but it was like everything he was throwing at him. It wasn't, it wasn't doing anything. Habib was on a mission last night, not to be denied. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, getting into the second round, which is the final round of last night's fight. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually Habib gets to take down. Gets on Justin, uh, gets on top, and then rolls into a triangle choke. I've seen Habib sub guys before, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen him use a triangle, triangle before, which just goes to show you not only is Justin Gaethje hard to submit, but uh, Habib showed what an incredibly wide and diverse arsenal of submissions that he has. I mean, who'd have thought he was going to roll in them triangle? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, many of us thought he might sub him, but it would be an RNC or something to that effect, not a triangle. So right. impressive. Second round triangle choke. Habib gets the win. Everybody goes crazy. Whether you love him, you hate him, you're indifferent about him. You got to respect the story about having his his best friend, his coach, his mentor, his father passing away from COVID-related illness a few months back. This was his first fight without him. All of the emotion came pouring through. We were all a mess. You know, everybody watching it. I was totally bawling. My son looks at me. He's like, Mom, are you seriously crying right now? <laughs> I'm like, leave me alone. When Dre, and I, when Dre and I were texting yesterday, I was like, she was like, I can't. I'm on the floor. I'm crying so hard. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I had to turn it. I had to turn it. I had to turn it down. <laughs> I went over onto Twitter just to look at something else because I didn't want to fucking get all emo. But yeah. uh, what a beautiful I totally beautiful did. Thing. I did. Yeah, yeah. both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, Ashley and I were texting to you and she was like, she was like, I'm crying so hard. <laughs> like, I get it. I get it. Believe me, I get it. Um, what a what a beautiful end to a beautiful career. Uh, his words afterwards were, were fantastic. Justin showed pure class. Habib talked about how he wants to spend time with his mom now because he only has one parent left. I mean, it was just it was just amazing. He put his he put his mm-hmm. gloves on the put his gloves on the canvas, which is a sign that he's retiring. He said he's retiring. So yeah, dude, what an amazing what an amazing night of fights last night, dude. It was from from the Whitaker fight with Cannoneer to the to the Kenny and uh, uh to the Kenny fight. I fucking loved it. I loved last night to the Daniel Wood. Love, love, love last night. Hawes, Hawes fucking dropped, dude. Oh, that was sick. So <laughs> yes, which is gonna go ahead and lead us right into our Drea's drop of the night from last night. So there were several to choose from, Drea. There what, what did you land on for your world famous? And I do say world famous because we've got listeners from all over the world thank goodness greatest mm-hmm. drop of the night what'd you pick i was blown away with all the finishes um that we had last night but 
I'm going to go with Philip Haas for my drop of the night. Um, Philip's debut, and he comes in making this shit look easy. Um, just 18, <laughs> seriously, just 18 seconds uh, into round one, and Philip catches Jacob with uh, a shot like on the forehead that rocks him a bit, um, and he stumbles, you know, against the cage, and then Haas just blitzes on him, throwing, you know, a hook straight left excuse me, straight right, and it just, it knocks him out. He face plants into the canvas and was just out. Uh, it was a beautiful KO, beautiful debut. Uh, welcome to the UFC, Philip Haas. You got my drop of the night. Fucking A, dude. What a way to get your uh, what a way to get your first win in the UFC. And then also, and I talked about it a little bit earlier on the show before we called you, I don't mm-hmm. think he got a bonus. I mean, correct me he if I'm didn't. wrong. He didn't. He didn't. bullshit, dude. No, I know. I agree, because I, well, the person that got it was, um, uh what's his name um that fought that beat kudalaba i'm at a loss oh for um Ankalaev. he got it which obviously that was a freaking beautiful ko too give out two um, for fuck's sake come on yeah man. give out two i agree that was a beautiful ko it was a long time coming for sure you know with, <laughs> with all the <laughs> with all the um you know being reset up and you know yeah, sure. whatever but um but i to me it, on a debut coming in knocking someone out in 18 seconds that to me that just that grabbed my attention i think he should have got a, a bonus for sure absolutely if there's two great ones give out two for fuck's sakes let's go yeah. okay so before we get into our picks for next week we do need to Say again that Dre and I tied, tied once again. I think that's the third or maybe the fourth time that that's happened since we started doing this. I don't know how. We had six different picks on a 12-fight <laughs> fucking card, and we still, and we still tied. somehow tied. We went 7-4-1. and one. It's ridiculous. So I'm going to make sure that next week we uh, we can't tie. I would rather lose to you by five. Then fucking tie again. I'm serious. So we're gonna have to stay the same on everything except for one. So whoever Oh yeah, whoever, yeah for sure. <laughs> whoever loses that one, you're the loser. It's like no matter what, or maybe we do like a bonus or something like that. Like, yeah. We can't tie anymore. I can't do it. Anyway, so getting into uh next week's UFC Vegas. Um, they, thankfully, Tapology has it all on point because they have the whole main card already set, ready to rock and roll. So first, I'm going to go with I've got Kevin Holland uh, beating Mahmoud Muradov by unanimous decision. What say you, future player Drea? I'm going Kevin Holland as well uh, via unanimous decision. All righty. Then we got Bobby Green, who's been on a tear as of late versus Thiago Moises. And I've got Bobby Green by third round TKO. What about you? I am taking Bobby Green, um, defeating Tiago Moises, but uh, I'm going to go unanimous decision. I think it's going to be a tough fight, going to go the whole the whole distance, but I'm taking Bobby Green unanimous decision. Very well could do that. And then we all know. Here at CSWR, we will never pick Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy, Greg Hardy is never going to get the nod <laughs> from us over here. So I've got Maurice Green submission round two over Greg Hardy. What about you? Um, I am taking Maurice Green clearly on the fact, yeah, you know, obviously that I just hate Greg Hardy. I mean, I yeah. think he does have a, a good chance of winning, but I'm not going to pick him regardless. Um, so I'm just going to take a Maurice Green with a unanimous. Unanimous decision. The crochet boss gets the double 
endorsement <laughs> from the CSWR crew today. So then we go into 145 pounds with Bryce Thug Nasty Mitchell versus Andre Touchy Feely. I think this one has a fucking makings of a great fight, particularly on the ground. Oh, Both guys are fantastic ground fighters. I've got Bryce Mitchell beating Andre Feely by third round submission. What about you, Teach Play Andrea? Uh, as much as I don't want to go against Andre Touchy Philly, he's, you know, my California boy and local um, big fan of his, but freaking Bryce Mitchell is just killing it. Um, and I, I see it going Bryce Mitchell um, and I'm going to go round two sub via rear naked choke. I thought for sure you were going to say twister. I, just I, was, <laughs> I thought about it. I'm like, I, I doubt he's going to pull that off on Andre. Um, but I, I was looking at his record and I'm like six of his 13 wins are rear naked choke. So I'm, I'm going to go rear naked choke. Uh, yeah, that's how that's the sub that I have in winning by two. Have you seen Bryce Mitchell's uh, car commercial? That local. Car oh my that he god! Did? Oh, guys yes. out there, if you have not seen, <laughs> if you it, haven't stuff, seen it, totally watch it. <laughs> so funny. Oh my goodness! All right, then moving into uh, Uriah Hall versus Anderson Silva. Uh, again, this is a tough one. I, I was a huge Anderson Silva fan when mm-hmm. he was at his height. It has not looked good, you know, progressively over the last few fights. You can see the decline in the reflexes, and you can see the decline in the power. I still like Anderson Silva. He's still even Anderson Silva at seventy percent is still a very dangerous mm-hmm. guy. Uriah Hall, again, he, and we've talked about him at length on this show before. I was a huge Uriah Hall fan. Um, I, I feel like he's one of those guys who just really hasn't ever lived up to the expectations at least that I had on him and I think a lot of other people in the MMA community have on him as well. I think Uriah Hall is going to beat Anderson Silva. I'm hoping he doesn't knock him out. So this is kind of brain over heart. In my brain, I'm thinking Uriah Hall is going to finish Anderson but my Mm -hmm. official pick is going to be that Uriah Hall beats Anderson by split decision. So I got Uriah Hall split decision over Anderson the Spider Silva. What about you? Okay, so I'm I'm just going to go against you on this one because I'm picking with my heart and hoping that Anderson Silva shows up um, for this fight. So I'm going to take Anderson Silva um, via unanimous decision. All right, so we have four of the same and one against. However, we all know when it comes out of the prelim time, we're going to have several that we are a part of. Oh, for sure. That's we always have <laughs> we a lot of different do. picks on the prelim. Absolutely. All right, so let's go ahead and get into our Twitter questions. we got a lot of them and uh, some really good ones. And some are pretty similar, so you know I may combine two or three. You know, We'll have to wait and see how it goes. Let's go ahead and rock out with our homie, Rage and Sweet Potato, who always gets them in early, and I appreciate that. Rage and Sweet Potato, what do you got for us this week, my dude? Fight fans all seem to be on board with the idea that number one contender matches should be five-round fights that take place in their respective divisions, yet are still resistant to the idea of eliminating the one-pound allowance for non-title fights. What is it about the one-pound that makes some fans cling to it so desperately? We're asking them to meet two out of three eligibility requirements to show they're ready for a title fight. Why not the third? I know it was just a misspeak real quick, but it's almost sounded like you were you were uh, channeling your inner Canadian because you said oot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> maybe RSP. I've never been to Can- I've never been to Canada, but hey, maybe. maybe You're from Michigan and you never went to Canada? No, because we moved here when I was little. I was little. I mean, if, I, if I did go to Canada, I would have been like three. So I, oh, okay. So I it would have mattered anyway. <laughs> no. So, Rage Sweet Potato, I think the one pound rule is just a way to give a little 
um, it, it, it's a way to give it another layer of importance to a title fight. It sets it apart from any other fight that they could put on, right? The one pound rule is fine with me to stay because I kind of buy in on it, to be honest with you. I kind of like it. It does make it feel more special. Like, yeah, not only do you have to make weight, you have to make exact weight, right? No one pound allowance. I think it, I think it's kind of cool. I've always kind of liked it. I, I'm also in the camp of number one contenders uh, fights being five rounders. If you wanted to make number one contender fights where you have to be on point and not one pound allowance, I'm fine with that too. If you wanted to make some sort of new amendment to that, but I kind of like the one pound rule. And again, I, to me, it's just because it makes it a little bit more special. It makes it a little bit harder. It makes it more, um, you know, it, it's something you have to like really, really try even that much more uh, extra to get to. So that's why I think the one pound rule is there. And I do think it's there to stay, but again, I'm also in the camp of I'm totally down for number one contender fights, getting five rounds. I would be all for it. And for them being right on championship weight. So that's cause that would have, that would be their next fight, right? If the next person got it, then they're one more contender. Mm-hmm. They'd have to learn how to get there anyway. So yeah, I'm all for that. So thank you very much. Rage sweet potato. Great question. My friend next one, we move into uh, my girl APB. What does APB have for us this week? Drea. Since Whitaker had such a dominant performance over Cannoneer, do you think he gets another title shot against Izzy? And do you think the fight plays out differently this time? Yes, I think Rob is going to face Izzy again. Uh, I love Rob, but I think a rematch with Izzy goes a lot like the first one. Izzy's striking size confidence and and just how well he sees things like his fight IQ inside the cage had me convinced there is no one. And I'll say that again. No one at 185 who could challenge him right now. I'm guessing the move up to 205 is pretty eminent at some point. Um, I, I do think he'll fight Rob again and maybe another one at 85, maybe two. But at some point, Izzy needs to be challenged and he is going to be bored and he's going to want to move up to 205 where there's all these new and different, you know, matches that are possible. Of course, John Jones being at the forefront of that. But yeah, I think this, if they, when they rematch, which I think they will, I think it's going to be a lot of the same. I think Izzy wins via some sort of stoppage via strikes, probably third, fourth, or fifth round. Um, that's just how I see it. So love Rob. I, I, I'm sorry that that's what's probably going to happen, but <laughs> you never know. He's always got a chance. So great question, APB. Thank you so much. Uh, next, we're moving into my girl, Jess, at Renee Jess. What do you got this week, Jess? With Habib now retired, who would be the best matchup uh, for the belt? Connor, in my opinion, should not be in the talks being inactive while others <clears throat> remain active. But of course, he'd bring the buys. But which two guys should legit get the shot? So this is a question we are going to kind of revisit and re-talk about at least a few times here in the question and answer section. So I'm going to kind of answer it differently in different pieces. So for this specific question that Jess is asking, if it's me and I'm and I'm able to make it my my own way, right? And I have to pick two guys. I'm going Dustin the Diamond Poirier versus Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira's streak is so amazing right now. He's at the most submissions in UFC history. I think it'd be a very intriguing matchup to go against Dustin, who definitely deserves the next shot. Um, that would be who I would make. What I think is going to happen is is going to be Dustin and Connor. Just for what you said, for all the buys he's going to bring in, for all the extra eyes, for all the casuals, for all the Connor fans uh, who don't even probably watch the UFC unless he's fighting, which is proven the dude brings the most numbers of anybody else there's ever been in the UFC. You can't turn down that kind of business. Um, I think that's what's going to be next. Again, if it's me and I could, Dustin versus Dubronx, 
But what's probably going to happen, Connor versus Dustin for the for the title at 155. Uh, once it's all officially vacated and they get all through all the jump through all the hoops to make that shit happen. So thank you very much, Jess. Alrighty, we're moving into a first-time question asker, the gentleman at Unmatched MMA Podcast. What does he have for us this week? What would you do with the top five at 155? What matchup do you want to see for the vacant title? Should it be the rematch with Poirier versus McGregor, or should it be Gaethje versus another opponent? And where do you see Tony Ferguson fitting into the picture? Yeah, dude, unfortunately for Tony Ferguson, so I kind of answered the first part already, but unfortunately for Tony Ferguson, coming off of a, a long layoff and then that devastating loss, and I say devastating because he looked, you know, he looked, he got really beat up in that one. I think they're going to have to, um, I think, I think Tony is still in the mix. Don't get me wrong. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Tony is still in the mix, but I don't think Tony is in that you know immediate title shot line right now even with everybody kind of contending for it there was a beautiful uh painting that somebody put together which had you know habib kind of going off into the light with uh you saw connor you saw dustin you saw tony all kind of in a scrum right you know trying to follow him uh while he was retiring so again i think it's going to be connor and dustin next i think that's what's going to happen could Tony rematch with Justin? Could Dan Hooker force his way in? Could do Bronx be in the mix? You know, there's a lot of if fans or butts to see that are going to have to play out. So again, I think it's going to be Dustin and Connor. That's what I think. I think Tony is still in that mix, but he's not, you know what I'm saying? He's not in an, in an immediate position to be an immediate shot at it. Right. So thank you very much uh, to the gentleman at unmatched MMA. Appreciate you, buddy. All right. Let's go into Ashley, the MMA nerd. My girl, my fellow podcaster, my friend, what do you got for us this week, Ashley? What is your favorite Khabib moment? What would you name the DC Habib reality TV show? And which two MMA fighters would you love to see in a Hell in a Cell match? You have no idea what a Hell in a Cell match is, do you? I don't watch wrestling. <laughs> I, I know it's something to do with wrestling, but yeah. You <laughs> no, know I don't. it is. All right. So, <laughs> Ashley, without question, the Let's Talk Now. Uh, there's my favorite to be moments when he's pounding Connor after all of that shit talk that Connor had done to him and made him miserable for forever. He has Connor pushed up against the cage and he's pounding on him and he's just going, Let's Talk Now. Talk now. Let's talk now. <laughs> yes. That's my favorite fucking Habib moment ever. It could not be. I mean, of course, I love the retirement and everything else yesterday, but if you're talking about in the cage, dude, that will live on in infamy forever. I loved it. Uh, as far as a reality show with, uh, this is a great question, as far as a reality <laughs> show with Tato Corbier and Habib, I think, it, you know, I think he's calling it the champ champ and the champ. I think the yeah. champ champ and the champ would be awesome. I think we could make it like a buddy comedy because they are so funny together. <clears throat> Do you know the fucking clip that was going around where they were showing like just funny moments between the two? Mm -hmm. And 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 Habib was like, all all the best fighters come from Dagestan. And and uh <laughs> Dana Corbin was like, Andre Ward, Andre Ward's the best boxer. And, and, and without like without even missing a step, Habib goes, Andre's from Dagestan. <laughs> <laughs> 
They're so funny. Oh my god, it's so good. I love them so much. It was so funny. And then, uh, and then you know, DC's like, no, he's from Oakland. He's from Oakland. He's like, no, 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 Dagestan. And it just made me so laugh so hard. I loved it, dude. Um, as far as far as your third partner, uh, who I'd like to see in the Hell in a Cell would be um, my favorite fighter in the UFC right now, Francis the Predator Ngannou versus Colby Chaos Covington in the Hell in a Cell. And oh my god. It devolves into a full-on shoot, which in wrestling lingo means they start to fight for real. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, Francis versus Colby with who I'd like to see in a Hell in a Cell. And by the way, Dre, a Hell in a Cell is tonight, which is probably why this was on the floor. Why she asked that question. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that, doing that later. Uh, so thank you so much, Ashley. If you guys haven't already, absolutely check out Ashley, the MMA nerd on her podcast. It is awesome. It's a totally different flavor than most podcasts. She is wonderful and a fantastic person, and we love her uh, over here at CSWR. So let's go into my homie, Mr. B. What's Mr. B have this week, Drea? On a scale between 1 and 10, how impressed were you by Habib's stand-up versus Gaethje? And also, where does Stefan Struve go from here? So for part one, I would give him a solid eight for the forward pressure. He was cutting pretty good angles. He was doing a good job walking him down. Habib is never going to be a striker like Izzy or Anderson, you know what I mean, or Wonderboy. That's never his game. You know, he learned all of these things off of his incredible wrestling base that he has. So he was never going to be, you know, a striker like those guys or like a glory level K1 fighter, but he looked good and he has improved vastly over time, particularly the last three or four years with his training and uh, over there at AKA. So yeah, I give him a solid eight for uh for all his striking look last night and then for part two man Stefan skyscraper true i hate to say this and i don't like saying this but it's time to hang him up dude he's lost Ooh. five of his last six um he proved a lot of people wrong because he came back from some pretty severe health issues i believe there's a heart issue and some other things so he was out for a long time he came back he got a couple nice wins but things have been bad lately you know like i said you lose five out of six and you lose them most of them badly it's time to fucking find something else to do and uh uh, you know, I wish him well. He, he he's an interesting guy. He seemed to always have some uh, some pretty cool fights uh, throughout his career. So I hope Stefan Struve kind of sees the writing on the wall and and hangs him up. And I don't want to see him get uh, crumpled like the way he got crumpled last night anymore. So, Mister B, my dude, thank you so much. Hope you have a great Sunday, my brother. All right, let's move into uh, Brat MMA. What does she have this week, Drea? So Brat also wants to know. Um, just wondering who should fight for the vacant lightweight belt now. Oh, okay. So yeah, so definitely we kind of covered that a little bit. So basically, Brett, what I would say is that I would love to see Dustin versus Charles Oliveira. I think that is the most um that's the most interesting matchup that they could do right now that would make sense to me. Uh Charles Oliveira is on an incredible winning streak. Dustin deserves it. That's who I'd like to see. Like, so if I could put on the Joe Silva or Sean Shelby hat, it's Joe Silva. I'm showing my age right there. He hasn't been the best taker in like years. <laughs> yeah, uh, not there anymore. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Sean Shelby hat. I would absolutely, I would absolutely put Du Bronx versus the Diamond would be my bet, but it's it's going to be probably Connor and Dustin. So thank you very much, Brett, my uh, my Swedish contingency of listeners. I I'm so stoked that you are now a contributor to the show. Really, really appreciate you, my friend. So thank you very much. All right, Drea. So now I am going to go ahead and get into my voice question. So you are relieved of your arduous eight question duty of the day. Your Drea's drop of the night was fantastic. For the pause. Thank wow. You. 
our picks for next week, we know we're going to have to fight on those. And, and we, we should probably <laughs> even talk. Like, we'll do our picks, and then we should talk again and be like, oh, we have that, that one same? I'll go ahead and switch. <laughs> because ties are no longer acceptable between the CSWR crew. We have to have an odd amount of numbers um, different because if we do even numbers, then it's, it could possibly end up at a time. Yeah, I know. But dude, can you imagine? <laughs> we had six different yesterday. I know. Six that's different. So crazy. And we still end up tying. It's fucking insane. So, oh. again, Drea, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, let's go, Lions. Yes, I'm headed to watch the game right now. They could go. They could go to 500 if they win today. So fingers crossed, man. It's fingers crossed for, for sure. <laughs> All right. All right. Have week. a good one. Bye. Hey, Rhino Gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? Well, look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Alrighty, folks, I know our first call comes from my homie Ryan, the Mixed Man. Ryan, what do you got for us this week, my dude? Yo, Rhino. It's a buddy Mixed Man here. I want to know, where do you have Khabib all time? I don't have him in my top five goats, barely in my top ten, mainly because I don't like him. But I want to know from a sensible human like you, where do you have him all time, and does he come back to fight GSP? Deuces. Hey, buddy. So definitely I made the declaration about this idea uh, a long time ago. I will not pick an overall goat because it is too subjective and it's totally impossible to prove. Right. So I pick who I think is the goat for their specific weight classes. And without hesitation, Habib is the greatest 155er that we've ever seen in mixed martial arts. And I also think he's the best we're probably ever going to see at 155. The amount of talent that he had. Also, the streak of 29 and 0, uh, his incredible ability to not get hurt. Or um, Mac Malley had a funny thing where he's like, he's never even bled. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to see that again. So to me, Habib is absolutely the 155 pound goat. So thank you so much for taking time off of your incredible uh, U.S. national tour, Ryan, and for calling in, buddy. Appreciate you, my friend. So uh, next question comes from the homie Jim Soon. What do you got this week, Jim? What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Rhino and the Rhino gang. Hope everyone is doing well. Uh, my question for you this week is, uh, where do you rate Habib's performance? I think it's the best one he's had ever in his career, in his UFC career that I've seen. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to say, honestly. 
That's my question for you this week, man. Keep up the great work. I love the show, man. You know, it's always 420. Peace. Yeah, man, I agree that that was his that was his greatest performance ever. And here's why. The facts are he was fighting for the first time after his father had passed away. He didn't have his dad to talk to, to ask for advice, to get him all settled up and ready to go. Um, he was facing a killer like Justin Gaethje. He had him across from, you know, across the cage from him. Um, all of the, the the unusual circumstances of there being no crowd. And he, and how about this, dude? He knew going in this was his last fight. That's extra pressure even more. So all of these things put together, plus how well he performed last night, is absolutely the most impressive performance from Habib throughout his entire 29-0 career. So impressed by him. And Jim, I want to thank you very much for your question, buddy. And on a personal note, I'm so glad you and the and Mrs. Asun are okay. We, You are a central part of our community. We all fucking love you over here at CSWR, dude. So thank you very much. And we are so glad you are on the mend, my friend. Alrighty, I know our next one comes from my girl Gina G Spot um, from the Woe and Shots Fired. And what do you have for us this week, Gina? Hey, Rhino, is Gina from G Spot MMA and the Woe Cast. I'm pretty sure everyone is going to ask you questions about Khabib and Robert Whitaker. So I'm going to go another route. What did you think of Lauren Murphy's performance? And do you think she should fight for a title? Even though she hasn't fought Cynthia Cavillo, remember the opponent that she just fought. I'm not even going to try to say her name. She's a newcomer. We don't know much about her. Lauren smoked her beautiful performance. But should she fight Cynthia first before getting a title shot? What are your thoughts on Lauren Murphy? And um, I think she should get a crack at Cynthia before she gets that title shot. But let me know. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree. It was a good performance last night from Lauren Murphy. Um, and she is a good fighter. I think she is a top five in her division type of fighter. Uh, nothing super dynamic, but very tough, very gritty, uh, has great cardio, works really, really hard. And I appreciate that about her skill set. Um, I absolutely agree that the Cynthia fight would need to happen before I would co-sign on Murphy getting a title shot. However, <laughs> no matter what, when we're talking about the 125 pound division, I don't care if we're talking about Jennifer Maya or Jessica Andrade, Cynthia Calvillo, Lauren Murphy. We've got a once in a generation talent on the throne of 125 in Valentina. I don't see anybody unseating her. Um, the only thing I could think of would be another another fight, a third fight with um, with Amanda at 135 would be the only possible way I could see Valentina losing. So it's all kind of for naught at 125 right now until Valentina decides to step away. So again, you're right. Good performance. I would need to see Lauren get through Cynthia before I would be like, yeah, she's deserving of a title shot. But at the end of the day, we all know for all of them, you got to deal with Valentina and nobody wants to do that. So great question, my friend G. Um, if you guys haven't already, absolutely check out both the Woe and Shots Fired podcast. They are fantastic. Her, Mike Morgan, Cairo, Sashanga, their crew, fantastic insight. Wonderful, wonderful show. Absolutely check them out. Love my girl, Gina. All righty, next one comes from my big homie, Dave Fretz. At Dave Fretz, that solo shoes. What do you got this week, Dave? Hey, what's up, Rhino? This is Dave Fretz, at Dave Fretz, not Solo Shoes on Twitter and Instagram. Fifth time I'm recording this. There's not enough space in here. Drives me nuts. Uh, short version. What do you do with the lightweight division now? Um, Khabib is amazing. Uh, he's the GOAT. You can't change my mind on that. Uh, loved Justin Gagey's respect and class. I uh, think the world of that guy and his loss. 
Um, a lot of the callouts and stuff uh, that included Khabib afterwards on Twitter from the rest of the lightweight division really bugged me, but uh, I guess it's their job. Um, you just hope for some class and a little better from some of them. Anyways, uh, lay out what you do now with the division, then I'd just like to hear you reflect on Khabib a little bit and what he's done. Cheers. So, yeah, buddy, I kind of I already talked kind of about, about the first part of your question, so I'm going to go ahead and answer part two. If I had to reflect on Habib's career, um, the word pioneer comes to mind, dude. Not only is he the best 155er ever to do it, in my opinion, but he was kind of like that Pied Piper for this wave of fantastic Dagestani fighters to come over to the United States and compete, not just in the UFC, but we've seen him in PFL, in Bellator. He was kind of the first one to come in and have this level of success. So many of them are under, and DC talked about this last night, so many of them are under his father's tree of knowledge, right? So I think over the next 5, 10, 15 years, we're going to see a slew of Dagestani champions. Their wrestling is so good. The 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 discipline that they have, the the ability to implement their ground game against other guys. You know, they have the infamous term, the, the Dagestani handcuff, right? So I think there's going to be a whole lot of fighters who come through who are all going to be under um, the tutelage of Habib and his team. And so to me, he's definitely a Pied Piper, an ambassador for that region of the world, coming over and having some great talented fighters being able to be seen in the largest of the large platforms. So that's, I think, going to be part of his legacy, dude. I think it's really an incredible career to look back upon. So thank you so much, Dave Fretz. If you guys haven't already, absolutely check out Dave's stuff. I call him the Einstein of graphic design. Check him out at Solo Shoes or Dave Fretz on both Twitter and Instagram. The dude is amazing. He's my broski. Love him. Thank you so much, Dave. All righty, moving into another homie, my boy Juice from the Fight With Myself podcast. Juice, what's your question this week, my dude? What's up, Rhino? It's Juice from the Fighting With Myself podcast. Here's my question for you. We're going to go 10th round with Rhino style, and we'll throw a little wild card question in here. Um, so the lightweight belt is now vacant, essentially, because Habib defended his title and retired. Therefore, um, you know, once the UFC has that conversation the belt will essentially be vacant. Um, I would like to see, and I know this will never happen, but this is just, we're just having some fun. I would like to see them do like a tournament, um, a light, little mini lightweight tournament to determine the winner uh, or determine who will be the new champion rather. How would you set up those brackets? Let's say an eight-man tournament, you know, if you will, uh, or you can do four if you like or, or whatever. Um, and who do you think comes out on top? Have some fun. Love you, man. Love the show. Oh, wow. I love it. I also love how you referenced the 10th round with Rhino. It's all for fun kind of a deal. Absolutely love it, dude. So, yeah, you got to put Justin and Connor and Dustin and Dubronx and Tony and Dan Hooker and Felder and Diego Fajeda in a, in a, in a tournament. If you're going to do that, it's going to be kind of like the NCAA, bro. You're going to have the number one ranked guy versus the number eight, number two versus number seven, so on and so forth. Let them work their way through. Again, <clears throat> at the end of the day, I, it would probably be, be Dustin and Justin who would come out on top. Maybe, maybe Tony. I'm not sure. But at at the, for the finals, for who would win the entire thing, I, like I talked about a little bit earlier in the show, bro, I've got Dustin, the Diamond Poirier, is the best 155er who would win that tournament as it stands right now in the UFC. Wow, that would be so fun. That would be 
I don't know, man. That would be something that you could do um, pretty easily. Like we've seen tournament style in a whole lot of different organizations. I just don't see, as you said in your question, I don't see that ever the UFC ever doing that because they would want to extend it and milk it as best they could. Uh, but yeah, what a cool idea that would be for a nice eight-man tournament over the course of what, like three months, four months. That would be super cool. What talent in the, what a talent-rich division. Um, yeah, that'd be really, really fun. So thank you. If you guys don't already listen to him, definitely check out Juice at the Fighting With Myself podcast. It's a great show. He's a fantastic guy. I love him too. Awesome, awesome dude. So already, and I know our next one and our last voicemail comes from my homie Dan uh, at D Crons. And what do you got this week for us? My brother Dan. Hey, Rhino, what's going on? Love you, buddy. Hope you're having a great weekend. Um, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on Khabib's dodgy weigh-in, his amazing performance, and his tearjerker of a post-fight interview. Uh, do you think he's going to stay retired? I know a lot of them don't. I uh, just wanted to hear your thoughts on that, and I hope everyone has a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, so the first part of your question, dude, about the weigh-ins. So um, basically, the, people got to remember that the UFC has nothing to do with the commission, right? So the commission that's over there is the commission, right? So they are the ones who are in charge of the weigh-ins. Did it look like he maybe put his hands on those guys? Sure. Are we talking about less than a pound? Maybe, probably. So to me, if the, it's one of those deals where there's like you can have a conspiracy theory about pretty much anything. Um, I choose to just kind of block that part out, right? If the commission says he made weight, then he made weight. Let's fight, right? So that's how, how I see it. I also don't want to shoot holes in how amazing last night was and how amazing it felt uh, to watch and, and be a part of in that way. So, um, and so I'll answer the, uh, I already kind of talked about his performance. So I'll answer the third part of your question for sure. Dude, what an emotional thing to witness. Like I'm really close to my dad too. And knowing how much that loss was weighing on Habib and then being able to release it all after he wins, after that triangle was, was sunk in. What a beautiful and kind of heartwarming moment it was for me. Also kind of heartbreaking. Um, I hope it was one of those moments that makes the fans of MMA appreciate the fighter, right? Because they're not just fighters. They're human beings, too. We got to see a side of him that we don't ever see, and we don't see from a lot of other fighters, too, that raw nerve, emotional release. And it's only something like losing a parent that could have somebody who is that kind of disciplined and that kind of low-key um, be able to have that in front of us. I feel kind of privileged to be able to see it, to be honest with you. Um, I hope people realize that all the times that they, whether or not they're calling, they say somebody sucks online, right? Or they say this fighter's shit or, or whatever. They realize that it's a human being on the other side of it. This really humanized to be, I loved it. I thought it was great. I, again, I, I really, really thought it was a super beautiful and poignant moment for all of us to see as fans. And I appreciate that we were able to see it. And he let us in on that way. So thank you very much. The homie Dan, love you back brother. All right. So let's go ahead and get into our shout outs and outro for today. As always, thank you to everyone who participated in this week's episode. Rage is potato, APB, Jess, unmatched MMA pod. Actually the MMA nerd, Mr. B, Brett, Ryan, the mixed man on his great tour of the United States. Uh, Jim Asood, so glad you were doing okay, my guy. My girl Gina from the Woe and Shots Fire Pods. Dave Fretz, the Einstein of Gravity Design. Juice from the Hoarding With Myself podcast. The homie D. Kranz. Thank you all so much. I love you guys. It made the show go so much better on a week where we didn't have a guest. So that was super duper cool and awesome. Thank you so very much. Of course, to my Triple D, my feature player, Drea. D. Reigns, the engineer, the best of the biz. 
my homie Dave Fretz for all of his amazing artwork and friendship. Thank you guys. You guys are the backbone of the show, as I always love to say. Uh, yeah, no guests this week, but we definitely got something really nice cooking up for next week. So hope you guys stay tuned. So everybody be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Black Lives Matter. And we will see you next week. Kate Sun!